Good morning. It's good that you're here with us this morning. Uh, we uh, enjoy doing this for you and for all Christians. We pray that this morning that you all are well, uh, that you are sitting in a comfortable seat and ready for worship this morning. Uh, we thank you for being here. Uh, we have no announcements other than that our services are still suspended and will be uh, right now uh, until the 5th of April. Uh, it will be reassessed before then uh, if we need to go farther than that, uh, and we'll be sure to let you know. I do want to let you know, though, that uh, especially uh, youth and anybody else that uh, wants to join that uh, Jeff Lawler, our youth minister, is w running a uh, Bible study on Wednesday evenings for the youth and families and anybody else that wants to join. Uh, what you need to do is call Jeff and have Jeff give you uh, the, the number or what you've got to do to connect with, uh, with the Bible study. Also, our children's minister uh, uh, is making a video for the children, a story video for the children on Sunday evenings. She's using puppets and, and things at her disposal, and she's going to be bringing them a, a story every Sunday evening. Uh, so uh, please be watching the uh, Facebook page, the Pathfinders Facebook page, and uh, she will have that out there for the kids. So we're trying to do as much as we can to connect with everybody. So, But we're glad that you are here this morning. Thank you for joining us. And please, uh, uh, if you're joining us on Facebook or whatever, please uh, just uh, let us know you're there. And, and we would encourage you, uh, to uh, like our page and to share it uh, with as many people as you can. And we give God the glory and we give God the praise for all that he's going to do through our ministry today. Nailed to the cross 
well with our soul. We have Jesus Christ who sits on the throne of our lives, who is in total control, and we give him praise and we give him glory. And it is all well with our soul. Well, during this time in our service, we like to pray for the people, not only of our church, but across the world. And we have quite a few that need our prayer. There's quite a few in this world who we need to be lifting up. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Almighty and loving Father, we thank you, Father, that we can be the church. We are the church. We don't have to be here in this building within these four walls to be the church. We know that you live in us, that we are your holy sanctuary. And it is good that we gather together as a family and we worship. And even though we can't be here today, Father, I ask a blessing upon this service. We ask a blessing upon all the people that are watching who are being responsible and good stewards of their life, just like you call us to do. Help us, Father, as we go through this time. We know, Father, that you are the almighty miracle worker and that you can do all things. There is nothing that is greater than you. There is nothing that is more powerful than you. And we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that right now you would, Father, be working around the world to eradicate this virus that is devastating, Father, your world, your people. And Father, we pray that you would use our doctors and our nurses, all of our medical professionals, Father, to show them what to do. Bless, Father, and use the researchers and help them to find 
what you would have them find, Father, so that we might be able to control this evil thing that is happening in our world. Father, we pray for all the sick. We pray for those who have been afflicted by this virus. And there are so many other things that are going on in this world, diseases. But Father, again, we ask that you stand in the midst of this great storm that is going on in our lives right now. That Father, you would stand with us. That you would call for peace and you would call for comfort. Almighty God, we're so thankful for that. We're so thankful that, Father, you are our strength, that you are our Redeemer. Gracious God, we pray for all people in this world. Some are being hit harder than others. Some countries, Father, are really struggling. And we pray, oh, Father, we pray that you would be with them that they would, Father, witness your healing, that they would experience your peace and your comfort, that they would experience your love and great power in their lives. Give them hope, Father. Let them see that you are in control. And Father, bring us closer to you through all this. Help all people of the world to be drawn closer to you, to seek you out, to know you better. Father, to seek your control in their lives. Father, we just give you praise for that. Father, we thank you for so many things. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who came, Father, that we might live, who came, Father, and atoned for our sins, something that we could never do within our own power. It would be impossible. And we thank you that Jesus came, your son came, your only son came, and died for us, and lived for us, and showed us how to live. And then he sacrificed for us on the cross, Father. He's hung where we should have hung. He died for us that we might live. And he was raised, Father, from that tomb, from that ugly death, and he ascended into heaven to be with you. Father, where all glory is, and one day we hope that, Father, we will be there and pray that we will be there with you, to stand with you, to worship you and to praise you. Father, use us, Father, in these times that we might touch the many people, that, Father, we might know you in a stronger way. Make us stronger. Build the passion within us, Father, that we need to connect and get back out and be your people in this world. Father, there are so many, so many who need you right now. They need hope. They need your love. They need your comfort. They need, Father, to experience your presence in their lives. And we pray for that. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who came and led us along the path and showed us how to live. And he also taught us how to pray. He taught us a prayer that says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. For you are, Father, the power. You are, Father, the great kingdom. 
And we give you praise and glory. In Christ's name, amen. This morning, I'm going to be speaking to you from the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter. And today, we're going to look at verses 13 through 16 out of the book of Matthew. Uh, And you're going to see that this is uh, part of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, We've been uh, in a series about that. But this this particular particular part of the Sermon on on the Mount applies so much to us today and what is going on in our world today and what is going on in our lives today. And I hope that by the time we get through, you will see how this is so important, not just for today, not in this time, but for all times and what God calls us to do. So we will look in the fifth chapter, starting with the 13th verse, And it reads, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. I'm going to ask you some questions this morning to uh, get us started. And what I'd like for you to do is uh, just follow me along with me in the questions. But your answers, your answers, I want you to hold them in your mind, in your heart, because later on, you're going to see why this is so important. But let me start out with some, some, some important questions. How do we know real, quit, real Christians? How can we recognize real, quit, real Christians? Take and picture in your mind now, because I'm going to ask, how do you know If someone is a Christian, is it by what they say, what they do, how they live their life? How do you know this particular person is a true Christian? I want you to think of that person in your mind. I want you to see that person this morning. I want you to identify in your heart and in your mind why you see this person as a real Christian. And I want you to hold on to that person. Hold on to him or her through this service. I want you to identify them. And then I want you to also take this and answer this question. How do people 
How do people know that you are a Christian? How do people know that you are a Christian? And be honest with yourself. Very honest. Is it by what you say? Is it by what you do? Is it by the way you live? Take this and process it. If you've got a pencil and paper, write down how you think people see you and know that you are a Christian. I have to say that sometimes, sometimes it can be very difficult to determine, to determine what a Christian looks and acts like. It really does. Jesus gives us a real call for our lives in, in our scripture this morning. We are to be, we are to be the salt and light of the world. We have been entrusted by God to go into the world, to take the message of Jesus Christ into our homes, into our communities, in our church. We are called to be the salt and the light of the world. It doesn't matter where you're at. It could be the workplace. It could be in the presence of many friends. There is nothing more exciting or joyful than to know you are being used by God to bring His message of grace to somebody's life in some way. I used to coach a church softball team for the women some years back. And we had two or three of the ladies who came and played with us that I didn't, uh, we didn't know them, but they became such great friends and great people and great parts of our church. But there was one uh, individual who is not with us anymore. But shortly before she passed, she told me, if it had not been for your witness during the softball, if it had not been for the whole team reaching out and touching my life, I would have never known Jesus Christ. That's so exciting to hear and to know that they saw Christianity in us, that they saw, most, and most importantly, they saw Christ in us, and we were able to communicate God's love and God's hope and God's promises to these individuals. Salt and light may sound like a, a great strategy for reaching the world, but we have to understand, we need to understand how Jesus was using salt and light in this important in this important message, one thing that salt and light have in common is that they have a radical influence. Listen to me. They have a radical influence on whatever it is that they come in contact with. So let's take a minute just to look at these two elements, the salt and the light. Why? Would Jesus say that? Well, let's start with the context of the Bible 
where this comes from in that time. Salt, for instance, was a very valuable commodity. Very valuable. It was used for several things, important things. Did you know that Roman soldiers were even paid with salt, by pounds of salt? Because they knew they could take and they could sell it. They could barter with it to get what they needed. It was a very valuable to them. So valuable. Well, what made it so valuable? What made it so valuable? One thing is they used it to purify things in their life. To try to rid of poisons. Things that may call, cause moral decay. They used it as a preservative. It was, it was kept, it, the only thing they had to preserve their meat and their fish and things like that was to use salt, to pack it in salt. And that salt would reduce the amount of decay that would come to that meat, to that fish. And it was very important for them. It, it, also, it also was used to enhance taste, to enhance the food that they prepared. Just like we use it today. And we use it today for, as a preservative. We use it today still as, as an element to purify. And we use it for a lot of other things. It is still a very, <coughs> very valuable commodity. <clears throat> And we use it today. But we use it, we use this in more, I want to use it and apply it to our lives. Jesus knew that he was not going to be here forever. And that his disciples were going to have to take the gospel. All those people that were on the mount <clears throat> who were there and heard this knew that if they followed Christ, he was calling them to be. You are the salt. You are the light. To go into the world and to do the same things that you use it for at home. Use it to purify lives. Use, use to be the salt. You can be used to purify a person's soul. Pure the, purify them of evil by introducing them to Jesus Christ. The gospel to Christ. That's the same as today. We are called. We are called to purify. To give people, other people the opportunity and the chance to be purified in Jesus Christ. We use it to preserve. To stop moral decay. And Jesus, this was real important. If we were not God's hands, if we were not God's feet, if we were not God's voice in the world today, there would be so many people who would fall by the wayside to evil. They would be corrupted. They would be morally decayed. God calls us to act as the salt of the world. To reach out and show, to 
show people how we, you can preserve their soul, how Christ can come in, how Christ can take them and keep them from moral decay, to keep them from evil, to keep them from heading to a place they don't want to go. To make it, make it probable, not just probable, to make it, to let them know that where they're going to go, where they can go and, and live for eternity is with Jesus Christ in heaven. And that comes from us being like Christ and being the salt of the world. And we are to enhance, as the salt of the world, we are to enhance the flavor of life. There's so many people go and trudge through this world with so many troubles, with so many doubts, with so many anxieties that they feel like there's no hope. They feel like there's no place for them to go. They feel like there's nothing that they can do. We have, we have a very rampant group of our population who are committing suicides because of this simple thing. They just don't see where there's any hope for them. We are to be the salt of the world, to bring flavor to their life, to introduce them to Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, it's good that we can go out and talk to them and, and deliver this message to them, but one of the things is that they got to see that in your life, it has also a f flavored your life that you have a passion. You have a passion for the love of Christ. You have a passion for serving Christ. You have a passion for the power, having the power of God in your life. That you have a passion for serving Jesus Christ here through the Holy Spirit today, tomorrow, and every day. They need to see that. And they need to experience that in you. You are the salt of the world. Jesus said also that we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. And what does light do? You know, back then, they didn't have electrical lights. They, they did, all they had was an oil lamp that would put out the light. And most likely they had one lamp that was in the middle of a room that lit a room up, sometimes maybe two lamps. But that's all they had. Or maybe a fire that was built that would give them light. It was important to them. It was important that they have this illumination around them so that it would light up a room, so that it would light, up another person who was with you uh, so that you could see obstacles that were in the way. See, light was very important to them. And it is important to us today because it illuminates our lives. <clears throat> and through Jesus Christ, we, illuminate, we can help Jesus illuminate other lives so that they can see, that they can see what's going on, so that they can understand, yes, I am a sinner. Yes, I have sin in my life. And yes, I want to get rid of it. The light has shown me that. Christ Jesus has shown me that. And they can then see the obstacles that lay in front of them. They can now see what they have to do to
to move that out of their life. Repentance is one of those. That's a part of the light that we reach out and touch them and let them know that through repentance and asking Jesus Christ into their life that they can have a better life. They can walk a better path because they have the light. Light draws us to a destination and it diverts us from danger. Can you imagine going down a highway on a trip, someplace that you don't know where you're at, where you're going? Can you imagine that? With no headlights and it's dark and you can't see what's in front of you. You can't see where the danger is. You don't know where to turn or where to go to, to, to miss those things in your life. But with Jesus, with Jesus in their lives, they can do that. They can see how they've got to go to get to the destination. And they watch you. <laughs> they watch you to see how you do it. They watch to see how you manage to, to divert around these obstacles A Christian doesn't hide their light. We should not hide our light. Oh, I hear so many stories about I'm afraid to share my faith at work or with other people because of what they might think, of of what they might do, or they might shut me out, or they they might reject, reject me. We need to live our life. We need to be the light. Jesus said in John 9, 5, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But he's telling us, you are the light of the world. And he was talking about when he was gone. We are to live as Christ would live. We are to live with Christ in our heart. We are to take this light that's been put in our life and let it shine into the world. If we could only imagine how wonderful a place, how much better a place this world would be, how much better our communities would be, our our country would be, if we would just reach out And shine our light into the world. To be the the true light that that Christ has called us to be. We need to notice that when he told us that we are the salt of the earth and that we are the light of the world, he was not making a suggestion. He made this statement. He was directing us. It was a path that we as disciples of Christ, all Christians are called to follow. It's not an optional thing. There's no ands or ifs or buts. And anywhere in this scripture, it says you are the salt. You are the light. So my question is, if we try to live in this area, where we are the salt and the light. 
Compare it to what you thought about earlier in the, in the message when I asked you the question, how do people know that you are a Christian? Do you match up? Are you the salt? Are you the light? Then you know where you've got to improve in your world. You know where you've got to live better. And you know what? God's going to help you do it. You don't have to do this under your own power. Christ has promised that he would take us and use us and give us the power to travel where he would have us to travel. When Jesus commanded the follower, his followers to be the lights of the world, he demanded nothing less than they should be as he was. Jesus doesn't say you are like salt. He didn't say you are like the light. He said you are. You can't live in the gray area here. You can't say salt and light, I understand that, and then you want to live in the gray area. You can't do that because you're just asking for tragedy. You're, you're asking for disaster because you're trying to force yourself and live yourself in an area that we are not called to live in, in that gray area. God wants us. You are to be the salt. You are to be the light. There's no gray area there. And to do that, to try to live in the gray area, you defy God. We are not doing what God has called us to do. This is a major part of our calling as Christians. It is our purpose. Jesus made it our purpose as his disciples. It's who we are and why and why we are. The radiance that shines from Christian from Christians is lit by the presence of Christ in the Christian heart. Think about those people you identified that you see <clears throat> as a Christian, a true Christian. And you may be that way because of the way they treated you. Because the way they speak of Christ in their life, the way they show Christ in their life, the way maybe they've mentored you in your Christian life, there's something there where they, be, they were the, the salt and the light of Christ in your life. And we're all called to do that. We're all called to be that. Christianity, it is something, Christianity is something that is meant to be seen. A person's faith must be visible to all people and not just in the church. If we live what we believe, if we live what we believe, each Sunday, each Sunday, whether we're here or not, but if we live, if we're visible and live what we believe, people will see it. People will see it. It is necessary that we as Christians are there to act as a warning 
as a lift them up purpose in other people's lives, especially today, especially in today's world. We cannot be defiant. We can't say that I can't do, how am I supposed to do this at home, Pastor? How am I supposed to be a part of what's going on in other people's lives? How am I supposed to shine my light? We are called to act as disciples all the time. <clears throat> now, how can we do that? Well, I put out something on email to the church membership. And some of you saw it and some of you probably didn't. But there were some things that I asked you to do. There were some things I wanted you to do to reach out and touch. You know, Christian fellowship is so important. Yeah, and we're missing that right now. It's so important because we make a connection, but we come here to learn together, to, to support each other, to lift each other up, and, and to know God better. But we can still do that. Even though when we're here, we see it, we act, you know, we, we see it, and, and that to me is, is a great passion that we should have to be together when we can. But right now, we're called to be responsible. We're called to be good stewards of our lives and so that we can come out on the other side of this and be strong in Christ Jesus because of this and minister to the world. But I'm asking you to do four things. I'm asking you to do four, four things. Call someone different every day. Get the church director and call someone different in the church. Just call them. Talk to them. Speak of their concerns and their needs and things that are going on in their life. Listen to their worries. Listen to their concerns. Get to know their needs and understand. And then maybe share just a favorite verse that you have or read a couple of verses to them over the phone. And when all that's said and done, tell them that you want to pray for them. And pray over the phone to this person that you've called. Connect with them. Be the light. Be the salt that they need right now in this life. Now, this doesn't have to be just with church family. I'm challenging anybody that's, walk, that's watching this morning, it don't matter what church you're at, to do this. To call somebody. And what, what does it matter if somebody gets called Several times in one day. Praise God. Praise God. Because that's what we need to be doing. But call someone and, and encourage others to do the same. Call a friend. Call a friend. Call a family member. Call a distant family member. Call somebody you know that's living in another state. It doesn't matter. Call them. Talk to them. Speak to their concerns and needs. Share scripture with them and pray for them over the phone. It is so important that we make this connection. It is so important that we continue to serve God as the salt and the light of the world. Go forth into all the world. Hey, you know, we've got, we've got something they didn't have back then. Back then it was they had to go in person. Or they could write a letter. 
But we have so much technology now, now that it should not stop us from doing this. I challenge you, every one of you, to do this. It is important. It is important to what God has called you to be when he calls you to be the salt and the light. Don't hesitate. Call somebody. Just, I'm asking you just to call one person every day and to connect. One person. That's all it takes. You will bring blessing after blessing on other people because they'll feel God's presence with you on the phone. And let me tell you something. You're going to be so blessed yourself because you did this. We need to work today. Yes, I pray for the day. I pray for the day that we can all be back together here. We can worship together. But if we're doing this now, I tell you, when we come back together as one family, when we come back together as a church, as a church family, we'll be all be so much stronger. Our passion will be greater. Our passion to worship God, our passion to serve God will be so much greater. This is your challenge. You are the salt and you are the light. Let us pray. Almighty God and loving Father, we thank you so much that, Father, we can serve you by reaching out and touching so many people, by helping them, Father, to understand what is available to them through Jesus Christ. Even those people, Father, we know are Christians need to hear that God is with them, that He is there with them, standing in the midst of this storm with them. They need to hear that. And Father, help us to do that. Help us to serve others. Help us to be that light that walks in and shines it so that they can divert the obstacles that are in their life or they put there themselves sometimes. Help us to move, Father, for you in this world. We are not, Father, going to let Satan win. We are not, Father, going to let him change our culture and make us think that we don't need to do anything. We just need to sit at home. No, Father, no. And in Jesus' name, we rebuke Satan from that. And we repay, we, we pray, Father, that you would use us, well, you would use us to reach out and touch somebody today with our voices in any way that we can, sending a card, writing a letter. Father, it is so important for us to continue to be the salt and the light. In Christ's name, amen. If you're watching this morning, if you've been watching us, I ask you to do this, sincerely, to walk out and to do this. If you are watching this and you appreciate what's going on here, don't forget your church. Even Vice President Pence said that the other day. Don't forget your church. We need to stay afloat. We need to pay our bills, but we need to have the resources to continue our ministry, to do so much for the Lord. I pray, I pray that you would help us
to do that by sending in your tithes. You can send a donation to Red Bank Common Presbyterian Church, 115 Martian Springs Road, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37415. We thank you for being here with us today. Know that God stands with you. Know that His love is greater than anything that could ever be in your life. Know that His power is more than anything in this life. There is nothing that can take your victory from you. And I pray that you go and that you serve Him and walk in the peace and the hope and the love of Jesus Christ now and forevermore. Amen.